Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Again, to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in the country of Uganda, East Africa, right on the equator. If you ever want to find out where we are, just look at your globe and uh, follow that uh, equator line that's right through the middle of the earth, and it goes right through the country of Uganda. We live about 30 miles south of the equator, and uh, so typically, as I always say, we live south of the equator in the southern hemisphere. We go shopping in the northern hemisphere in the capital city. And uh, so every time we go up there, we cross the equator. Just an interesting thing about the country of Uganda. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, to me, that is one of the most precious promises in the word of God, that our labor is not in vain. Because I, I just be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm human just like anybody else. And, uh, and uh, I put my trousers on just like everybody else. And I just there's just there are times that you wonder is what I am doing really does it really matter and uh, and you know I was talking to uh, Brother Myers this week that I'll introduce to you in just a minute uh, but I was talking to him this week and I just said you never you just never know uh, the people that you will influence in life and and even though you may sit back and you say is what I'm doing really mattering uh, it really does matter and and even when you may have gone even when you have left maybe you've gone to another missionary or a mission uh, ministry another country uh, that influence that you have started continues on and on and on and what a blessing uh, that that is to me your labor is not in vain in the Lord God's keeping score. And, uh, and we don't need to be keeping score. I don't need to be keeping score. Uh, but God is, and he says, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, what a precious, precious promise that is. And, uh, but again, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Uh, that promise is attached to always abounding in the work of the Lord. And, uh, and that's the attitude that we need to be having each and every day is always abounding, always going forward, always doing more for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, well, in our last podcast, we had the opportunity of uh, meeting uh, Brother Gary Mann again, and uh, what a blessing that podcast was to me, an encouragement to me, uh, and uh, I just I really appreciate him and his service to the Lord through the years and the blessing he is to has been to us uh, while he has been here in Uganda. Uh, while Brother Mann was here, uh, we had the opportunity of also running into a good friend of mine who has uh, flown up just to see me. And uh, that was such a blessing that he would do that. And uh, not too many people do that, but he will. He'll fly up just to see me all the way from South Africa. And so, Brother Myers, thank you for flying up here all the way just to see me. Yes, sir. Anytime. You just that, let me know when you want me to come. That's a blessing. <laughs> 
No, actually, uh, tell us. Uh, th- th- this is Brother Gerald Myers, and uh, Brother Gerald Myers. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little bit about him in a little bit from my perspective. But uh, uh, Brother Myers, why 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 did you come up here to Uganda? You're in South Africa, yes, and you're you're serving there as a missionary. Yes, sir. And uh, so, what uh, what brought you to Uganda? Well, this was the 25th anniversary, the silver anniversary of what was Uganda Baptist Church, now Born Again Believers Ministry mm-hmm. there in Toronto. Uh, what a weekend it has been. For uh, sure. And uh, what a blessing it is to see the church continuing on all these years. Amen. It's been on its own for 17 years under the leadership of Pastor Julugi John. I can't and believe so it's been 17 thankful. years. Yes, exactly. 17 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I come back and I, I don't recognize the kids and, yeah. and the young ladies are now mothers and, and the others are grandparents. Right. It's kind of wild. Well, it kind of puts it in perspective because shortly after you left, my wife and I had the opportunity of going down and seeing you and Karen down in right. South Africa. Mm-hmm. And my wife was pregnant with Savannah. Wow. Who is now yeah, 15 years old, that. you know? Yeah, exactly. Wow. That was so, report Elizabeth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's, that's great. So, um, you, well, let me just, let me just give a little background. When, uh, when I first came to Uganda back in 1996, mm-hmm. um, I was with my dad there in, uh, in Badada, just getting my feet wet, right. you know, about the ministry, about Africa, about Uganda and things. And I'll never forget. I, I just, it's one of those things that has been etched in my mind. I'll never forget looking out the window of my house and seeing you guys pull up into the house and getting out. And it was the new missionary. Right. And, uh, you know, you, you come in just shortly after we did, right. uh, we came in February of 96, um, and you came in September yes. of 96. Uh-huh. And uh, so you were the you were the new guy, and who I, who would have ever thought in a million years that God would have united our hearts together like right. that uh, from that day? Uh, but you kind of did the same thing. You went down to Kabali and right. helped a missionary while he was on furlough. Exactly. And uh, meanwhile, of course, that's part of why we bonded us together. Yeah. <laughs> All the better missionaries left us. You that's and I right. Were the only two in the that's entire right. Country. Yep. And not to mention that you always had car trouble, and we had a mechanic that was yes. here uh-huh. in Masaka, and so constantly having to stop it in there. It always seemed like there was a mechanical issue. Yes, exactly. And, and we enjoyed it that. It manifested because, itself. That's right. Because there was free food. That's right. <laughs> and lodging. Amen. So you you started down there. You began praying about where God would have you to go. And then you went up to Tororo, yes. which is uh, over pretty close to Kenya, right on the Kenya well, border. It's like eight kilometers. Yeah, just very close, to, mm-hmm. very close to Kenya. Um, how long did you spend there in, in Toronto? What, how many years were you there? We finished out our first term. So it was uh, right about three, little, just a little over three years, maybe a month. We were four years the first term. Uh-huh. Uh, but interesting story about Toronto is, <clears throat> is in 1994, I came up and spent about three weeks with Bob Cook and Tony Stark mm-hmm. and walked into his office there with a map. And uh, without any leadership, without any discussion with anyone, I looked at his map and I said, well, there's a star. Who's that? He said, that's your dad. He's in, 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 uh, in Barada. And, uh, well, that's Larry. He's down there in Kabali. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Kampala was Jeff Demarest. And, mm-hmm. and there was nothing past Kampala to the right. east. And I said, well, look looked all the way over there. And I said, who's over there? He yeah. said, nobody. And uh, that was when, uh, after being here for the year, right. I, I just... That was just it. that was a place. Yeah, because that was even before missionaries went up to Soroti. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there was nobody over there. Well, there was nobody. So yeah. they needed somebody. Yeah. 
So we'll send Gerald. Well, the other thing <laughs> is, is, you know, they asked me in, in Toronto, um, you know, they honored me, obviously. But mm-hmm. uh, the reality is, is there was a man there named Centricolo both, and you know yes. him well. What yes. a blessing. Yeah. What a man of God. Amen. Um, your dad, I, Jeff Demers, was mm-hmm. at his funeral. Right. And there was like 500 people we could see. Yeah. There's probably 500,000 yeah. more throughout the banana plantations right. that his life had touched. Yeah. And it was a prayer of him that someone would come to Toro and start a ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I got credit. Yeah. But in heaven, God knows. Yeah. It's censor that got the credit. Wow. Amen. I remember that. I was there. It was that, prayer. At that, uh, at that mm-hmm. funeral. Okay. Were you um, there too? Yeah, I was All there. Right. Yeah. Sitting right there in the front. Um, I'm old. Who was the, uh, there was a missionary from Kenya that preached the, the uh, he, yes. he had an influence on Centra's life. I can't remember his name. Uh, it'll come to me in just a minute. Okay. Yeah. But I'm uh, having a moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've started calling those Biden moments. Is Terry, that right? Yeah, Terry yeah. Childers. That was what <laughs> Terry Childers. Was. That's Terry right. Terry Childers. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, he. So I believe, if I remember right, Censure, Of course, he was in uh, Milton Nabote's army. Yes. And uh, he had to go into exile into Kenya, and that's right. how Brother Terry Childers met him. Right. And, under Bote uh, too. Yes. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, then he was able to come back in, and so. Wow. But they never the security services never gave him liberty in Tororo. So right. he was followed and yeah. and so he went out to Calera mm-hmm. out there and uh you know, had freedom to minister. Yeah. Uh, come and go, obviously. But yeah. uh yeah. Yeah. You know, um this last Saturday I had the opportunity of uh going out there and just being a part of the the service that they right. had for you out there and and uh had the opportunity to preach as well and you know the theme of the uh, the conference there in Toro was bearing fruit, yes. and uh, and and you know a lot of it was about bearing fruit, but a, a lot of it is just you know influence. You know I, I can't stress the the importance of just being an influence on someone's life. Right. You, you you just you never know what impact you'll have on somebody's life. All right. And, uh, and what really got me thinking about that, Brother Myers, is uh, one of the things that they did was there was a man by the name of Patrick that was there that um, has been working in a church uh, right. there, working to establish a church. And, and he, uh, he got uh, ordained this last Saturday yes. there in the church, and he was giving his testimony and, and just talking about how he heard my dad Right. On the radio down in Embadada. Right. All right. Heard the gospel. I mean, he, he was he was pretty much an agnostic. He had turned his back on religion. But he heard my dad on the radio preaching the word of God. He says, I've never heard anything like that before. Yes. And uh, he came through a series of events. He got saved and uh, and then had the opportunity of being uh, influenced by my brother, Matt, right. in, in training and uh, and then after that, being able to then go back up to his home area in the Totoro area and starting a ministry and working with his people there, starting a church. And then to kind of cap it all off, I had the opportunity of preaching his ordination. Right. You know, right. and you just you just never know. And, and, and one of the things that I encourage people to do on this program is invest yourself in someone's life. Yes. You know, that 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 will be able to take, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this story and I've told it so many times on this podcast. You know, if, if, if Eddie Woodfield 
the man who came and started a church and wrote of Spain had not invested right. and influenced oh, yeah. my dad. Exactly. It goes all the way back. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, you stop and think about all the missionaries that, were, that are in Uganda today and that have come to Uganda that were influenced by my dad, right. myself included. Right. And, and the, the churches have been established and the mm-hmm. men that have been trained and the people that have been saved, all because one man went to Rota, Spain, started a church for a military church, and there's a drunk sailor by the name of Brian Stensis right. that got saved, called to the ministry, and and look at look now at what's that's happening. The grace of God. I know it. Mm. It is just it is so mm-hmm. wonderful, and and I saw that because you've you spent more time away from Tororo sure. than you were in Tororo. Well, we started the church in Chotera, and we were gone from Tororo for three years, and then yeah. we went back to Chotera, uh, to Tororo for a year, mainly to close up shop and yeah. establish leadership and just to turn it on its own. Yeah. And, 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 and we sat there, and how many pastors did we see? Well, I think there was like 17. Yeah, there's 18 village churches, 18. so there's 18 pastors. Yeah. There's some others in training that weren't introduced as well, so there's well over 20 men that's there. I'm still waiting for Jalugi. I wanted to know how many churches participated yeah. and how many pastors were there and where they were from, just out of curiosity. So I don't know the statistics, but yeah. it, it's amazing. But it let, me, let me just say this is the aspect. I was sitting there. And I had never met Patrick. Mm-hmm. I had never, I didn't know Patrick, nothing yeah. about him, except that I went to one of the villages on Thursday, and uh, Pastor Lawrence said, this man's going out, and he is starting a village ministry here, and we're getting ready to start another one. Yeah. But I'm sitting in a church building of one I've never been to. Yeah. He started that ministry since wow. I was here a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, actually, he started three years ago, but I right. didn't go the last time right. I was here. Yeah. And I'm listening to Patrick, and I'm looking at how important it is for us as missionaries yeah. to maintain that right testimony. Because yeah. our ministry in rural is going to be blessed by your dad yeah. and by Matt and right. by you. Right. And how important it is. And yeah. I always drill into our institute students here in South Africa as well. Yeah. You have all your life to establish a good testimony. Yes. And one stupid sin, yeah. one stupid mistake, yeah. one misjudgment, yeah. and destroy it all. Yeah, absolutely. Finish well. Yeah, amen. So, so what's going on in South Africa? It's exciting. Um, it, you know, it, it, starting churches is like having children. They're all different. <laughs> you know, you, you're the same man. You have the same philosophy, but the rate of success is extremely different yeah. in every church or field yeah. that I've been to. I had a preacher one time <sighs> say that uh, I love all my children the same, but some are easier to love. Yeah, it's probably the same way. I do. Um, you know, this this church in South Africa, Pretoria, is the most unique church that mm. I've ever pastored. Wow! And it's on the mission field. I, you know, I, I said it in our in in, in Tororo this last weekend. I don't know any place in the world where I've been loved as much mm. or respected as much as I have been in Uganda. Wow. Everywhere I've ever gone. Wow. Uh, 10 years in, in uh, Port Elizabeth started two churches, mm-hmm. and they're both closed because yeah. the leadership didn't continue. Wow. And they merged. Um, in Pretoria, we've been there six years. We've been successful where uh, six other independent Baptist missionaries uh, mm-hmm. have failed. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. I know the first missionary that was there who started to work in Pretoria, and he knows the five other good men who mm-hmm. came. 
And God put us there at the right time. Yeah. When Pretoria now become more cosmopolitan, it's less Afrikaans, mm-hmm. there's more English speaking mm-hmm. in the city. And I think God prepared that. And mm-hmm. of course, those men did a great job while they were there. Yeah. So six years later, our church is, is still there. We're yeah. not big. We're not knocking things down. Yeah. But God's given us a people that give. God's mm. given us a people that go. Yeah. And uh, it, it's a very unique church. Yeah. Um, well, I had the opportunity of uh, interviewing Shane uh, Tasker, yes. uh-huh. who is a member of your church. Yes, sir. Who is wanting to go as a missionary to Congo? Right, and uh, we interviewed him on this on this podcast He's as well. Very jealous right now. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> well, he just got married too, so he he's kind of being pulled two ways right now. <laughs> well, he wants to be here, I assume, with her too. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> So, so what is, uh, you know, when I think of South Africa, I think of South Africa as a, a, a European country in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, is, that, is that a good perception of that? Or the Commonwealth, just like Uganda is. Mm-hmm. Um, a little more developed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Kampala just amazes me with the road networks and the malls and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, 96, boy, we had right. something like that. We thought we'd died and gone to heaven. Right, for sure. Um, but when you get outside of those major areas, you find very similar things. Um, you know, the, the, the black 11 tribes in South Africa are very similar mm-hmm. here to the tribes that are in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in our church, we have five of those tribes represented. Yeah. And so, you know, it, that, that part doesn't change much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People are people. Yeah. People are sinners. People yeah. need the Lord. Discipleship yeah. still the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I... I've not been as successful as you count success by buildings and numbers of people. Mm-hmm. Um, nowhere near South Africa as I have been in America mm-hmm. or, or even here in Uganda. Yeah. But that's not the key. The key is faithfulness. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And as a matter of fact, we started the church with 17, mm-hmm. which was unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ladies I pastored for seven and three years in, in PE begged me for seven years to come up to wow. Pretoria. It's like, yeah. I ain't going. Yeah. You know, it's one of the top three cities I have no desire ever to go to or visit. <laughs> and God has a sense of humor. Yeah. And um, uh, so for seven years, she begged me to come up to Pretoria and, and, and to start a church. Mm-hmm. And I'm having that moment where I forgot exactly right what I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> you started with 17. Yeah, we started faithfulness. Yeah. We started with 17 on Sunday morning, 17 on Sunday night, 17 on Wednesday night, 17 Saturday going soul winning. Amen. After six months, we had not one single visitor. That's probably why some of the other churches shut down. Yeah. And our people came to me and said, what are we going to do? I said, well, 17 Sunday morning, 17 Sunday mm-hmm. night, 17 Wednesday yeah. night, 17 Saturday. God has to bless faithfulness. More yeah. required steward that a man be found faithful. And God has really blessed us. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you find that <clears throat> what... what I know you can't say the everyone's different, but do you find that the materialism is a lot more of a thing to overcome down there absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. see we have a we are in a scout hall right now we've been there for ever ever since our very first service six years ago in june was six years the anniversary of the church we're wonderful relationship with the scouts the usage Mm -hmm. of the hall but it's not our building yeah you know we only have it on sunday we have it wednesday night then we have special occasions it really does hamper your ability to do a lot of things in the ministry necessarily Uh, so there's some unique challenges with that, mm-hmm. um, but it, it just it's the whole thing's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, you would know um, 
Uh, I told God in going to Pretoria, if you'll give me another Tororo, mm. I'll sell my house. I sold my house. Yeah. I said, I'd be willing to sacrifice. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, let me ask you this, Brother Myers. Um, I, but on the, on the people in Pretoria are busy. Mm-hmm. It's like Kampal. It's like Washington, D.C. We, we do a lot of live streaming and, and recording on social media just for our people because wow. it takes them an hour and a half, two hours to go to work to Joburg and come back. Uh, you know, so we do everything on Sunday. Wow. So we have three hours of Bible Institute on Sunday and two services. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's where people like it. Yeah. And that's the way we do it because it benefits them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you get, I, I like I said, I, I went down to when you were in Port Elizabeth. And uh, when I look at that city, I mean, I've just, it, it just blew my mind. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, are we still in Africa? Right. Now, when you get out of the, the cities, you've got, you know, your big cities, Port Elizabeth, Durban, um, right. you know, Johannesburg, Cape Town. Um, Pretoria, George, you know, different mm-hmm. of the big cities. When you get out of those big cities, is it typical Africa that you think of when you... My key word for South Africa is complicated. Really? There's just no easy answer okay. for anything. How it comes yeah. to the power, it comes to the water, it comes right, to the government, right. all that stuff. Yeah. The biggest thing is, for me, is when you get outside of your organized towns... Mm-hmm. First of all, you're going to have to know the language to be able to minister there. You're going to have to send people back, really, that are according to their tribe or the yeah. populations in the area. We had a young man in our church with some difficulty with drugs and went to live with some of his family in George mm-hmm. uh, back when we were at PE. Came back within a year and said, those people are not my people. Oh, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're the same tribe. Mm-hmm. But they didn't accept him because he was from PE, the big wow. city. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're in Pretoria. That's big city. Yeah. And so even when you're in the same tribe and you've lived in a different area, you go back, you're not necessarily accepted. Hmm. We actually looked at some small towns and uh, idyllic towns, you know, no gospel witness whatsoever. But there's absolutely no way we could. Even if we yeah. learned Afrikaans with the whites or with the color people that we really wanted to mm-hmm. work with, even if you spoke fluently, you understood the culture for a lifetime, you're yeah. still not going to be accepted. Yeah. You got to win somebody from there, train them, and send right, them back. Right. And uh, all right, you explain that demographic. All right, you mentioned blacks, colored people, yeah. Afrikaans. Ex- explain the demographic for a when little I bit. When I say colored people, when I'm in America, I have to very much well, identify I, you what know, that is. I know what you mean, and uh, so I just wanted to make sure that our listeners know what you mean. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, there's officially 11 black tribes in South Africa. Mm-hmm. We have five of those represented in our church. Okay. I joke and laugh and say we have three tribes of whites because mm-hmm. we have the Dutch descent, the Afrikaner, okay. and then we have the Brit, obviously, and then we have the American. Yeah. And I tell people I'm not of that tribe. Yeah. I, I'm not of the Dutch <laughs> tribe, and I'm not of the British tribe. I'm an American. Yeah. And that doesn't go over well there either. They don't understand that. You know, all us, all us white people look alike in right. South Africa. Yeah. But um, the colored people are a unique people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we started two of those churches in PE, in the city of PE is a little less than a million people, mm-hmm. or around a million, and 250,000 of those in the North End are colored. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about a family or you know a small group of people. We're talking about a nationally right. accepted minority in this right. country right. that are made up, from what I understand, of the early Dutch settlers who came, 
Malaysian slaves that were brought, as well as the Kosa tribe around mm-hmm. the South. Mm-hmm. And uh, they make up their own. They have their own culture. They're not yeah. white, and they're not black. Yeah. Uh, they predominantly speak Afrikaans and English, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they're special people. Yeah. All people are special. Yeah. special now, when I, was, when I was visiting you down there, you were mentioned that a lot of the problem is there is there's a very strong... Um, I don't. I don't know. You, maybe the word I'm going to use here is too strong. You can. You can correct me. But there's a, a very strong racial, well, racism. Where if you have a white church, the colored are not going to come. If you right. have a colored church, the blacks aren't going to come. If you. I mean. Right. Is it still? Do you still find that in Pretoria? Because you mentioned you've got, you've got some of the from the black <laughs> tribes coming into the church. So are they mixing with the whites as well? Or oh, how, yeah. How, yeah. They're, again, complicated. Yeah. Um, in PE, everything was still very much segregated, just as it was under apartheid. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I'm talking to you as an American. Right. Obviously, some South Africans would disagree with me. But uh, typically, the CBD area, the uh, Central Business District, downtown was white. And around that, outside of that, they put the Asian populations. And around side of that, they put the Af- uh, the colored populations mm-hmm. and around side of that you have the the back black populations and mm-hmm. I, and there's a, a still a good element of that left in, in pe yeah. so bless your heart some of these black folks they have at the Kosa tribe they have to come hours on a taxi just mm-hmm. to get into town to do their jobs and things yeah. so you know pretoria is what i've always wanted it's what i could ever dream of yeah. you know i mean we have nine languages <clears throat> spoken on sunday morning fluently and now we have some chinese folks coming in the afternoon too wow. so you know it's like that that's great yeah and uh but the difference is is they have to live together yeah they have to work together they have to go to the bank together mm-hmm. they have to go to the to the shops together and Pretoria now has become more of that melting pot, which mm-hmm. is part of the English thing, yeah. part of that, that time of cosmopolitan mm-hmm. of the city that we have found ourselves. Um, you know, I'm, I'm no better preacher than those other men that came. Our church is no better probably than the churches right. that they started. But our opportunities are greater. And yeah. such a time as this, yeah. uh, the Lord's allowed us to be there. Yeah. Do you have, um, do you have a lot of problem when, uh, I mean, obviously when a person gets saved, mm. they're no longer Jew-Gentile. Right. We're supposed to cast off that nationalistic right. identity and we're one in Christ. Do you, do you find that that happens? Is it difficult for them to even, you know, when they're saved to be accepting of, of the other tribes and stuff? Is it so ingrained in them that it's something you, do you find yourself working on that a lot? Not really. Okay. I, you know, I'm not foolish. Everyone remains their identity, yeah. you know, and your culture. Yeah. And, and I've always said, even here in Uganda, Man, learn your cultural language. Yeah. Be proud of your cultural language. Mm-hmm. But learn English so yeah. that you can um, you can better yourself. You mm-hmm. have more opportunities. And the reality is the more languages you learn, the more offsets you have from dementia and the, and the better IQ you'll develop in the process. Yeah. Um, I can just tell you what I've been told by testimony because obviously pastor is going to be biased of his right. people in right. his church. Right. I've had a lot of people walk in the door, uh, different groups, black, white, color, mm-hmm. uh, Americans, British, you know, international. And they come in and their eyes are kind of open, you know, like, wow, this is, this is different. Mm. And I love the roar of church. I love when people get there and COVID kind of hurt that for a while. Yeah. But we've got it back now yeah. without the masks. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's talking and everybody's laughing 
and it doesn't matter what group you're with, you're, you're part of this conversation or that car walk yeah. into it, you're that. And people are happy to see each other. Yeah. They're checking on each other, Amen. asking how their week is going. And so to start the service, so I don't offend anybody else. I tell my wife, sit down in the back and be quiet so we get started. <laughs> Find your place. I love that. Yeah. And they visit and they leave and they say, I really believe that your people love one another. Amen. And one of the Chinese ladies that's visiting us, they're not saved, but they're coming to learn English. And uh, the one lady who is a catalyst of bringing all of them said, I was invited to your church. And she walked, She said, I walked into the door and I was greeted mm. warmly. Wow. And she said, I haven't, I've been to many churches in Pretoria. Yeah. And this is the only one. Yeah. And someone escorted her a seat. They gave her a visitor's packet. Mm-hmm. People went by and shook her hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's our church. Yeah. If we got rich, we got poor, mm-hmm. <laughs> we got uneducated. If we got educated, you got me in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pastoring doctors and politicians, wow. and it's like, wow. okay, I'm out of my element. Right. The word of God doesn't change, yeah. and the need of man doesn't change. Yeah. But amen. Or it's not Tororo. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you when you came to Uganda, you, there was no glimmer in your mind of South Africa. You you planned to come to Uganda and be here the rest of your life. Yes. And uh, because of some health situations with your wife and her back and, right. and the roads and things that are here, it was just, it was literally killing your wife. And, yeah. and you needed to get to a place that would be more comfortable for her and yet be able to continue to do the work of the ministry. And, uh, and so that was what necessitated you to, to go down to South Africa and, and you know, working with uh, different types of people and, and, you know, sometimes we, you know, we were talking the last couple of days and in, in many cases, Uganda in some ways is even better than South Africa. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, but all the things that you're working with and just going on and, and your wife went through a period of cancer, you know, where she had to get cancer yes. treatment and, you know, continue to have physical difficulties and challenges in your life and things. And, and, uh, you know, now you're, you're in your sixties and yeah. I never thought I would know Gerald Myers in his sixties, uh, 64, 64 and recently uh, 64. Yeah. <laughs> Brand new 64. So, so I'm, I'm in my fifties. You're uh, in your sixties. Last uh, week we had brother man on, he was in his seventies. Yeah. And so my question for you, brother Myers is what, what keeps you going? What, what is it in your life that as we talk about always abounding in the work of the Lord and uh, what, what keeps you motivated to keep going through, through the, the hardships and through the challenges and through, you know, people turn their back on you and, and through health, you know, situations, through cancer, through all that, and yet staying on the field and, and going to the next day and going to the next week and, and just what, what, what motivates you? I think that changes a bit as you get older, necessarily. Mm. Um, the simple answer is, is God saved me. Yeah. And that's it. Mm. Uh, I look back at my life and what God's done in it. Yeah. The grace of God and my salvation. Mm. I, I don't serve the Lord for reward. Yeah. And I don't serve the Lord for notoriety. I don't serve the Lord for accomplishment. I just serve the Lord out of, of gratitude yeah. because he's done so much. And he does so much. Yeah. And uh, not just done in salvation, but as I look back over my life, I can see the hand of God. Mm. 
and I could go anywhere and I could do anything if I could continue to see the hand of God that's yeah. working in my heart and my life. Yeah. Uh, uh, now as I'm older and I look back, obviously kids and that, mm-hmm. but just finishing well, yeah. uh, more than anything, finishing well. Yeah. Uh, we just returned home uh, a couple of times to get our visas renewed for South Africa, meeting family, the two mm-hmm. aunts that led me to Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, people that I've pastored over the years, mm-hmm. uh, people who have been part of my ministry, my life, and my home church mm-hmm. for the last 29 plus years now. Yeah. They taught my children uh, in Christian school before that. And the thought of not finishing well, yeah. hurting, my testimony doesn't matter, but the testimony of Jesus Christ. Yes, it does. And to, as, as King David, you know, you've given the enemies of God an opportunity to blaspheme. Yeah. Uh, always abounding to me is, is just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. And uh, you know as well as I do, the ministry has a chance of knocking you down. It does. Knocking you out. Yeah. Want to run the white flag up. But, yeah. uh, you know, Jesus kept going. Yeah. And one of the verses is for the for the joy that was set before him endured, endured the cross. The cross. Yeah. It wasn't it was wasn't looking at the cross. Yeah. I, I don't you know let this cup pass from me. Right. That's not a contradiction in scripture. Yeah. He's looking past that. Yeah. And and always abounding to me is is looking past the difficulties, looking Amen. past this life. One yeah. day I'm going to meet the Lord. Yeah. And uh, my faults, my failures, mm. my inabilities. Uh, uh, forgiveness is there, but mm. I still want to be abounding when I see him. Yeah. There, there's no quit. There's no finish. Right. If you get knocked down, you get down. All the devil's going to do is kick you while you're there, so you might yeah. as well get back up. Yeah. You know, we started the podcast talking about influence. And, uh, you know, the I think the thing in my life, and you you touched on it there a little bit, and and I, you know, I'm, I'm flesh like anybody else. I struggle with the same things that anybody sure. else struggles with. and Well, in the ministry, yeah, your temptations are greater. I yeah, think. The testing is greater. It, it is. And, and I think what, what helps me to try to stay focused, and even, even when, I, when I catch myself in sin, when I catch myself having fallen, right. the thing that absolutely scares me to death is, is what I did worth losing my ministry. Right, exactly. Is what I did, that that brief moment of time, that brief look, that brief thing that I watched, that brief thing that I listened to, that brief place that I went, that is is that brief moment of pleasure. Yes. Is it worth losing your family? Is it worth losing your marriage? Is it worth losing your ministry? Right. Is it worth losing your testimony? Is it worth losing the the name of Christ? And and when right. you think about all the people you've influenced, and we as missionaries, we we have church after church right. after church all throughout the hundreds United States, of hundreds of churches, and and our children, and and hundreds of people we've influenced here in Uganda and South Africa, and 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 then they and, and obviously their their eyes are supposed to be on the Lord, not on man, but when they hear of another one that mm, falls, right. um, I was talking to uh, brother man and he was telling me about a, uh, a gentleman who, and I, I don't remember his name, but he, he was keeping a journal and in that journal, just leave a Strauss. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And were you there in that conversation? I might have. Been. Yeah. yeah. And of, Man after man uh-huh. after man after man after man that has fallen and failed and and 
all and and finally he got j- just so discouraged he just right got rid of it you know Impressive. and i don't want to be that you know and so we've got to constantly be watching ourselves and constantly be knowing hey all the devil if he can trip us up not only the influence we've had in the past but the potential influence right. that we could have had in the future is right. gone it's wasted well, the other side of that is, is we don't know what God's doing in our life. Mm. When my wife and I got on the airplane to leave Uganda, we were kind of arguing with God. Why do we have to leave? Yeah. There's others who want to leave. Send yeah. them home. Yeah. You know, we, we'll stay. We want to stay. Right. But I didn't know it until about six months later. We took a furlough then six months in South Africa that I had blisters and nodules in my vocal cords. Yeah. Had that continued, I would have had cancer and lost my vocal cords had I come back to Uganda. Wow. So God does know what he's doing. Yeah. But the influence in what you're talking about, you think that, okay, if I really mess up, God will just kill me and take me to heaven. Mm-hmm. I found out that may not be necessarily the case. Yeah, God may say, I'll rip your vocal cords out and I'll put you on a shelf the rest of your life and yeah. you can watch others run their race. Yeah, And I can tell you for the 30 plus days, I took the pills and swallowed the medicine and couldn't talk to anybody except my wife for 10 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. That fire muses in your bones. Yeah. And, uh, boy, that was, that was part of the, one of the hardest times. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So brother Myers, what are your, what are your plans right now? Well, we're going back to, uh, Pretoria on Friday mm-hmm. and, uh, our church is looking to make some very major decisions. We are attempting to get an application for permanent residency, which really probably has a zero chance. Mm-hmm. It's an impossible situation. They're telling me. But God does specialize in the impossible. Yes, he does. So we're, we're just putting that out for the Lord to see him move. Mm-hmm. We've put an offer on three hectares, about six and a half acres of land in the municipality mm-hmm. to uh, build a building on, put a cash offer on mm-hmm. that. Uh, we got some new leadership changes in our church. And uh, we're looking at a furlough coming up. Mm-hmm. So our church is going to have to start deciding on um, what they're going to do about a pastor here in the yeah. future. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to come back to South Africa. I can't see myself being anything. I've never, ever wanted to be anything but a missionary. Right. Uh, but, you know, Lord's way twists and turns. Yeah. And I yeah. want to be in the center place of his will. Mm-hmm. So that's not saying that, 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 that's not saying no to anything. Right. Uh, right. Just what God wants. Yeah. I know what I want. I believe I know what he wants. Yeah. And until he tells me different, I'm right. pushing that direction. Yeah. So um, I believe you told me, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, Karen is cancer-free or in Three remission. Three years last yeah. week, cancer-free. And uh, so how, how's her health doing? Well, she's doing all right. Uh, she's recovering from the left knee replacement. She needs a right knee replacement after the first of the year. And, mm. um, that damaged the back that we had the, just all after the second year we were here. Yeah. Uh, I've not done anything medically to it because they tell us she's just going to lock it up. She's got an appointment at the end of September. Pray mm. about that. Yeah. Uh, see if there's anything at this point they can do. But uh, yeah. prognosis and all that's good. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, Brother Myers, we've been friends for a long time. Yes, sir. And uh, I really appreciate you. And I have a yeah. lot of respect for you. I love you. Amen. And uh, thank you for staying faithful. And thank you for always abounding and, and moving on. And uh, it's, you know, life, like you said, life has all types of twists and turns. And few we just never know what's ahead. few and, friendships you yeah. have in life. Yeah. Because you could be away from each other three or four years. Yeah. Come back together and pick up. Where you left off. Absolutely. You're one of that handful. <laughs>
Amen. Well, I sure appreciate you. I love your family and uh, praying for you. And uh, we'll pray for that uh, residency. I mean, if there's, I'm sure South Africa is a lot tougher, but man, I've been trying for a year to get mine and I'm, I'm just right on that edge. It's there. It's been approved. And uh, just, it's just even after approval, it's just one thing after another to get the signature on the paper. And uh, so so anyway, we'll be praying about that, and, and Lord willing, the, God will give you many more years there in South Africa. Amen. And, and you know, again, God God knew the the health situation of your wife ahead of time and knew that, right. you know, the, I mean, that they've been able to take care of those things down there in South Africa that would not have been able to be done here in Uganda. And uh, and so so that's, that's also an additional uh, blessing as well. And so... Brother, thank you. I love you Amen. and uh, appreciate you and uh, pray for you and uh, looking forward to hearing you preach tomorrow night. Amen. Yeah. So I heard you preach the other night, but it was kind of with an interpreter and a long ways away. And yeah, I was videoing <laughs> and <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing you preach where I get something out of it. There All right. So I haven't heard this one, have I? Uh, no. Okay, no, no. good. It's, it's not one of your old albums. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen. What a blessing. Well, once again, thank you so much, Brother Myers, and I appreciate, uh, appreciate your testimony. And I, I, I am so honored to be around and be, with, be friends with, with men of God who have just stayed faithful, just stayed faithful. And again, you don't, you don't have to build big metropolitan churches. You don't have to, you know, build huge Sunday school classes. Just, just stay faithful and uh, do what God's called you to do and uh, be obedient to him. And uh, God will bless you for that. And you can be an encouragement. Uh, if I remember right, uh, you tell me if I'm wrong, wasn't uh, uh, D.L. Moody was influenced by a Sunday school teacher. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, just, you know, again, who would have ever thought? Shoes and uh, Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, you just never know, you know, just be faithful, be committed to the Lord and uh, abound in his work and your labor will not be in vain in the Lord. Well, don't forget, please, please, please pray for us. Um, the first uh, full week of October, uh, we're going to be having uh, our medical clinic. And uh, so we're really, really looking forward to that. And we've got a team of about 43 uh, doctors and nurses and helpers that are flying over here. And uh, so that's a big project, logistically, meals, transportation, all of that. Uh, but just pray. Uh, we're going to probably, if if it's anything like previous clinics, we're going to probably treat seven to 800 people in that week. And uh, anything can happen and, and uh, anything bad can happen. And so just pray uh, for safety for our doctors, uh, pray for safety for the nurses, pray for safety for the uh, the patients and uh, and then pray that uh, because every single one of those 800 people in those days uh, that receive medicine that receive care every single one of them are going to receive a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ and so pray that people get saved and uh, lives will be changed and uh, pray for Faith Baptist Church that is there Pastor 
rendering Kuduziza innocent and uh, pray that uh, God will also use this uh, medical clinic as a way to increase his church, increase the influence of his church, as well as those that get saved uh, may be added to his church as well. So please, the first full week of October, keep that in your prayers and uh, we would sure appreciate that and uh, pray that God will do some great things uh, during that medical clinic. Again, if you have not done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Every Friday, we upload a new podcast for your enjoyment and uh, encouragement. And uh, if you have family or friends that might be blessed by this podcast, uh, then let me encourage you to uh, send the link to them so that they can also uh, subscribe to it. And uh, again, we just want to uh, keep you informed on a weekly basis as to what's going on here in the country of Uganda, in the ministry here in Masaka, as well as our ministry up in Kalido. And at the same time, just constantly encouraging you to always abound in the work of the Lord. And uh, I hope these men that we've had on these last couple of podcasts were uh, a testimony to you and an example to you of men uh, who are in the later years of their life who are keeping on going on and keeping on serving the Lord. And and, and what's what can I do tomorrow? What can I do next month? What can I do next year? Not looking at ending, but looking at abounding in the work of the Lord. And so I hope they've been a help and a blessing to you. I know they are to me. And uh, God has put so many men in my life that uh, have encouraged me to keep on going, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Don't forget our theme verse. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God bless you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know that you're very busy, and uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy day uh, to listen to this podcast, and I hope and pray that it's been encouragement to you. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.